Today on Blue 58, the Packers have a chance to do something they haven't done in a long time this weekend. Get to three wins in the NFC North. But to get there, they're going to have to go through the Detroit Lions. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Happy to be with you here for another episode. It's an exciting time to be a Green Bay Packers fan. This is the best the Packers have played in a long time. This is probably the best I've felt about the team since 2014, probably. When things were really clicking, when the Packers seemed to have everything together, when at least they seemed the very least competent on both sides of the ball. It's been a down period for the Packers the last few years, but things are back on the upswing again. But one of the things that we targeted coming into the season that the Packers were going to have to change was their record against the NFC North. The Packers, prior to this season, had been in a historic low period against their division. Since the inception of the NFC North, the Packers have never been worse over a three-year period than they were coming into this season. But now they have a chance to start off the year undefeated against the NFC North. They've knocked off the Bears, they've knocked off the Vikings, and now they have a chance to knock off the Detroit Lions. It's hard to get your arms around the Lions. Just generally speaking, and this year in particular, it's, it's hard to know what to make of them. There's some really admirable things there's some unusual things. There's their record that's 2-2-1 two, two, and one and could have gone a couple different ways with a, with a couple of those wins and a couple of those, at least one of those losses. Uh, there's three games on their schedule that, been, that have been decided by a total of 10 points plus a tie. That's a little bit on the weird side. That makes it tough to figure out what team you're going to get at Lambeau Field on Monday night. Throw in just the fact that it is a Monday night game, that the Lions are coming off a bye, you never really know what exactly you could get. Let's look at a few of the numbers. The real outlier here among the stuff that we look at is Detroit's offense. Uh, They've got good raw numbers. Points and scoring are are up there in the, uh, the traditional metrics. Uh, but, but according to Football Outsiders, their DVOA metric, they are just 17th overall. Their offense is not particularly well regarded by some of the advanced numbers. There are some some that you can find that, that say they look pretty good. This one in particular is one we're going to talk about, though. Why just 17th when they rank so highly in other areas? It's because of their run game. The Lions running attack is ranked at just 27th in the league, according to Football Outsiders, but the passing offense is fourth overall. That's of note because the Packers come into this game with the fifth-ranked pass defense. We're going to have strength against strength on Monday night. The Lions pass the ball well. The Packers defend the pass pretty well. Something is going to give. We do have to take a second to talk about the Lions' defense, though, because they're better, I think, um, than some of their numbers show. Overall, according to Football Outsiders, sticking with that number that we like, they're they're 12th overall. Just in the raw numbers, the raw DVOA stuff, just a tiny little bit above neutral. Minus 4%. A completely 
replacement level defense would be at zero. And the Denver Broncos right now are at minus 0.1%. So they're about the baseline for a completely, not quite average, but just completely baseline defense. You're either better or worse than the Denver Broncos. Detroit is just slightly ahead of that. And and the, the Packers are ahead of them still. Not quite a juggernaut like the, the the Patriots or even the 49ers, surprisingly, but doing pretty solid. The Lions don't really jump out either in pass defense or rushing defense. But I think it's interesting to look a little bit at how their defense is, is made up here when you look at, uh, dig into some of the stats a little bit farther. Football Outsiders has the, the Lions defensive line at 16th best against the run but just 24th against the pass. They're not getting to the quarterback very often, but they are stopping the run. And I'm not sure if that bodes well for the Packers or not. Can they just lean on Aaron Rodgers and have him win the game for them? You'd like to think so, but the Packers have been their best this year when he gets a little bit of help uh, from other people throughout the offense. And Aaron Jones is probably the most likely person to do that right now. Why then, if the Detroit Lions pass rush is so bad, why is their defense still ranked pretty highly against the pass? I mean, they're just outside the top 10. One thing you can point to is uh, their defensive backs getting their hands on the ball. This is where our ball hawks metric really, I think, comes into focus here. Because if you just look at the overall numbers, um, it, it, the the glamour stats like interceptions aren't necessarily there. But if you look at the total picture, a lot of Lions defensive backs are doing a pretty good job at, at getting their hands on the ball. I mean, just look at passes defensed. They have four defensive backs who have at least three passes defensed this year. They are getting their hands on the ball. Their top two, Justin Coleman and Rashawn Melvin, don't compare to the Packers' top two, Jair Alexander and Kevin King. Coleman and Melvin have six and five passes defensed, and Alexander and King have nine and six, respectively. But as a whole, the Lions defense, their secondary in particular, is getting their hands on the ball pretty well. I especially think it's interesting to see Rashawn Melvin on there. A couple years ago, there were a lot of people in Green Bay, well, a lot of fans, I guess, who really wanted Rashawn Melvin uh, to come to the Packers. He's a free agent. Uh, they like the, his size, 6'2", 194. Uh, they like some of the athleticism. They like his versatility. He went to the Raiders instead, spent a year there, and now he ends up for his age 30 season in Detroit. And it seems like he's playing pretty well. That'll be interesting going against a Packers receiving core that, you know, may leave a little bit to be desired. I We, we talked about that a little bit in our last podcast I still think there's probably a case to be made to adding more to this receiving group. And that that doesn't necessarily take away from the guys that they they currently have, but you can always look to improve. And that's something maybe the Packers should be looking into. Let's look at the quarterbacks here for a second. We know about Aaron Rodgers, so let's spend this time looking at Matthew Stafford. I think this is a really interesting year for Matt Stafford. Got to talk about the name here for a second because I was talking talking with Gary about this. It's weird talking about Matthew Stafford uh, just because of his name. Mitchell Trubisky sounds completely natural. Everybody called him Mitch 
coming out. He said, I want to be Mitchell. Now everybody calls him Mitchell. That seems pretty natural. For some reason in my head, I can never get over Matthew Stafford or Matt Stafford. When I call him Matthew Stafford, I feel like I'm scolding him, like I'm using his full name. Matthew Stafford, what are you doing throwing all those interceptions? But when I call him Matt Stafford, that doesn't feel right either because I feel like I'm trying to be his buddy. I don't want to be Matt Stafford's buddy either. I mean, he seems like a pretty decent guy, but I don't know him at all, so I will try to avoid doing that. What do you call him? Let's just go with Matthew Stafford. Mr. Stafford, historically, has been a little bit of a chucker. Uh, just throwing high volumes of passes for high volumes of yards, generally quite a few touchdowns, but also generally quite a few interceptions. He's had double-digit interceptions every single year he's been in the league, except for 2010, and that year he's only he only played three games. So that would have been a heck of an accomplishment if he got to 10 interceptions in just three games. That would have been quite something. Although he did throw for 20 interceptions in just 10 games the year prior, so it's not outside the realm of possibility. Though that was his rookie season, those things do happen from time to time. Historically, that's been what Matthew Stafford is. A lot of passes, not necessarily the most efficient. You can do worse than him. You could probably do a little bit better. But this year, he's doing very, very well. We track those two numbers from uh, from Football Outsiders defensive uh, defense adjusted yards above replacement and DVOA for quarterbacks. He ranks sixth in both of, both of those metrics. That is better than Aaron Rodgers in both of those numbers. That is adjusted for opponent a little bit too. So it's not just like he's been beating up on a bunch of bums. Um, he's having a pretty good year efficiency-wise. He's putting up career bests also in yards per completion. He's throwing touchdowns at the highest rate he's ever done. 6.4% of his passes are going for touchdowns this year. And he's throwing interceptions at the second lowest rate of his career. Just 1.4% of his passes so far this year have resulted in interceptions. That is lower than every other year in his career other than 2010, which was, as we mentioned, a year in which he only played three games. Now, we're only four games in for Detroit, so you don't want to say that the Tigers changed his stripes completely, but you can still praise Stafford and say he's done, at least so far, a pretty good job of getting up, getting some things cleaned up that have been issues for him in the past. And there's been a lot of turnovers over the course of his career and head coaches, offensive coordinators, personnel around him. He's been relatively steady. He hasn't missed a game for injury since it looks like 2010 again. And uh, he's been, if not great, at least a known commodity. And this year, at age 31, or in his age 31 season, he's rising above that. He's, he's becoming something of a different quarterback, at least for now. That should be, that is commendable, I think. Furthermore, he's done a really good job against the Packers of late. Now, the Packers, we'll circle back to this in a second, uh, when we talk about the last time the Packers played the the Lions. The Packers haven't beat the Lions in a long, long time. In fact, it was the very last game of the the run table run that the Packers last beat the Lions. January 1st, 2017. What a different world it was way back then. But that is also the last time that Matt Stafford has thrown an interception against the Green Bay Packers. Since then... Nine interception or nine touchdowns, no interceptions. Just one game where he has a, he's had a completion rate under sixty percent. 
He's had two above 68%. He's been a pretty efficient, pretty solid, pretty excellent quarterback against the Packers the last couple of years. And the Packers have to get him off of that if they, they want to have success uh, this Monday. Because what the, the Lions have done well so far this year is pass the ball. Getting Matthew Stafford off his game is the best way to uh, to stop that. So when was the last time the Packers and Lions played? It was that week 17 game of the 2018 season. Aaron Rodgers, concussion early. He leaves. Everyone else leaves pretty much almost immediately after that because uh, the Packers were just completely ineffective that game. The Lions were up 21-0 at halftime, scored another 10 in the second half, and it's a 31-0 victory for the Lions. Not super great. When we're talking about the Lions passing game, in addition to Matt Stafford, my player to watch is Kenny Galladay. They call him Babytron, Baby Megatron. Um, Nobody is ever going to be Calvin Johnson, but physically at least, this guy looks at least relatively in the neighborhood. Big, impressive, physical-looking guy, though not necessarily overpoweringly huge. Six foot four, 214 pounds. He leads the Lions with 19 catches so far this year. And with the Packers struggling a little bit against top-end receiving talent the last couple of weeks, I think this is a matchup to watch. How will the Packers defend Kenny Galladay? It looks like Kevin King's going to be ready to go. Dreyer Alexander is always up for anything, so who's going to get the, the opportunity to cover Kenny Galladay this week. The Packers have been having Jair Alexander shadow opposing receivers the past couple weeks against Amari Cooper. It didn't necessarily work out so well. Will the Packers stick with that approach? I'm interested to see, especially with a couple other interesting receivers in the Lions receiving core. Marvin Jones is no slouch either. You've got TJ Hawkinson, who could be coming back from a concussion this week. The Packers also have not done super well against tight ends, so that's another matchup to watch. The Lions have weapons here, and they could attack the Packers if uh, if they're not careful, and I'm interested to see how the Packers approach things. One further thing we should point out, whether it's about Galladay, Stafford, or just the, Pack- or the, the Lions passing attack in general, is that the Lions have not been super susceptible to Mike Pettin's blitz schemes over well over the the two games he played against the 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 Packers last year they played against the Packers last year this is something Ben Fennell of the Athletic has been consistently pointing out that veteran quarterbacks have done pretty well against Mike Pettin's relatively exotic blitzes here's the thing though Pettin has had a lot of success this year thanks in part to Zadarius and Preston Smith getting to the quarterback without sending extra rushers the Packers have been very efficient rushing the passer with just four down linemen. If they can do that this week, I like their chances against the Lions. So who's going to win? That is the natural segue there. We've got to talk about a potential victory here. Uh, The Lions do have a pretty solid defense. They've got a pretty solid secondary. They've got a pretty solid defensive line. But they haven't necessarily found success in those areas all the time. And if the Lions, I think, especially can't get home with their pass rush, it's going to put a lot of pressure on their secondary. And even with a depleted receiving core, Aaron Rodgers would hopefully be able to take advantage there. And if he can get a little bit going in the passing game, that may open things up for Aaron Jones. If they can get just a little bit of room, I think the Packers can build enough of a lead to put this one away. I think that's what's going to happen. The Packers will lock up their third NFC North win of the season on Monday. Give me Packers 30, Lions 
17. The rest of you are feeling pretty confident as well about this. Packers getting 92% of the votes in our weekly poll. The Packers beating the Lions in 92% of the opinions among the 88 votes that we've gotten so far. These are not final numbers. So we're not going to go through a lot of the uh, the poll results yet, but you can check them out in the uh, the the printed version of this at thepowersweep.com, the non-podcast version of this preview. Check that out. Uh, take a look at that. We'll, we'll go a little bit more in depth on the poll results there. So I've got for you on this episode, but before I go, I want to give a shout out to somebody who is very, very special to me. It is my wife's birthday today. As I record this, uh, before she gets home from work, because we've got some, some fun stuff to do tonight, lots of cake in our future, I think. Um, I wanted to give her a shout out because I was thinking about what we've been through the past couple of years. Every time that I look back and think of a specific Packers milestone, I, I compare it kind of to my own life and see what we've gone through since that happened. And that came to my mind again on this, my wife's birthday, and talking about the Lions and the last time the Packers beat the Lions, January 1st, 2017. Since then, we've gone through a lot of stuff. And I don't want to overstate it, make it seem like things are bad or anything. We're doing fine. Things are good. We've got a wonderful kid. We've got a beautiful house. We're fine. We're doing great. Uh, but there have been a lot of changes in there. We've moved a couple of times. We've both been through some job stuff, some job changes, uh, things like that. And what always sticks out to me about my wife is the way that she sticks to stuff through thick and thin. She just keeps going. She's got a lot of perseverance. She's got a lot of drive. She's doing great at her job. And that is just a credit to to her and what she's made that job into very proud of her and very excited for what comes next for her after today, her birthday. We're going to be doing some fun stuff this weekend, and I'm glad the Packers are playing Monday night this week because that gives us even more time together to do some super fun things. So shout out to my wife. Happy birthday. I'm excited to have you along uh, for the ride here. I'm excited to to join you uh, in, in whatever comes next for us. It's it's going to be pretty exciting. And thank you, Blue 58 family, for, for giving me a, a chance to do a shout out like this too. Um, thank you for listening to this episode and every episode. We will check in with you again after what we hope will be another Packers victory on Monday night. I've been your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.